It's Tuesday, September the 8th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Trump ponders China decoupling and Navalny wakes up. First, the world in brief. President Donald Trump raised the prospect of decoupling the Chinese and American economies and warned that if he is not re-elected, China will own this country. Later, Hong Kong-listed shares of Semiconductor Manufacturing International Corporation, China's biggest chipmaker, lost 23% of their value. On Saturday, the Pentagon said it could deny SMIC access to American technology for national security reasons. This week, America's trade office might ban products made with cotton from the Chinese region of Xinjiang in protest at the abuse of minorities living there. Traders continued to clobber SoftBank. The Japanese conglomerate had $8.9 billion wiped off its valuation on Monday, 7.2% of its market capitalization. It comes after a weekend report by the Financial Times about the firm's increasing appetite for risk and investments in technology equity derivatives, which spooked many retail investors. Alexei Navalny, a Russian opposition politician poisoned while campaigning, was awoken from an induced coma. He was flown to Berlin for treatment last month. Angela Merkel, Germany's chancellor, mooted sanctions on Nord Stream 2, a gas pipeline being built under the Baltic Sea, if Russia refuses to cooperate with investigations into the attack on Mr Navalny. The Kremlin denies involvement. Masked men detained Maria Kolesnikova, an opposition leader in Belarus. Ms. Kolesnikova is a vocal critic of Alexander Lukashenko, the president who rigged the country's election last month. The EU plans later this month to impose sanctions on 31 Belarusian officials involved in the vote, including the Interior Minister, according to Reuters. Australia whisked two journalists out of China after a diplomatic standoff. ABC's Bill Bertels and the Australian Financial Review's Michael Smith had holed up in Australia's diplomatic missions after being told they were wanted for questioning about Cheng Lei, another Australian journalist whom China has detained without explanation. They were eventually allowed to flee after agreeing to a police interview. A Saudi Arabian court overturned the death sentences of five people convicted of the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, a journalist critical of the regime, in 2018. Their sentences were reduced to 20 years imprisonment, while three others had lesser sentences upheld. No officials who might have ordered the killing were found guilty. A UN rapporteur has questioned the court's independence. And Donald Trump has said he would support an investigation into allegations concerning Louis DeJoy, the head of America's Postal Service and a close ally. The Washington Post reported that Mr. DeJoy reimbursed employees at a business he ran for political donations made at his urging. Federal law limits individual donations. A spokesman says he has always followed campaign fundraising laws. And now, here's today's agenda. Great need, dim expectations. The Senate returns. After a lengthy August recess, America's Senate returns today. The failure of the previous session, Democrats and Republicans could not extend coronavirus relief legislation, will loom over this one. 
The two sides remain intractably apart. Republicans see the $3.4 trillion proposal from Democrats as too profligate. Their own recently published skinny proposal of $300 in weekly federal unemployment benefits for each unemployed worker, compared with $600 before they expired in July, was derided by Chuck Schumer, the Democratic leader in the Senate, as emaciated. The hopes of a systemic police reform bill, long stalled, look similarly dim. Instead, sights will probably have to be set a bit lower. On Sunday, Stephen Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, announced a deal to fund the federal government until December, avoiding a shutdown. Details are yet to emerge, but with congressional committees so scarce, even run-of-the-mill housekeeping counts as an achievement. Going backwards, EU-British trade talks. As trade negotiations between the EU and the United Kingdom resume today, slim hopes of progress have been further reduced by a new bombshell. Fisheries and rules for Britain's access to the EU market have been the main sticking points, but now the British government says it will publish a new bill on Wednesday that will, if no deal is agreed by the end of the year, override parts of the withdrawal agreement, a treaty signed earlier in 2020 relating to trade between Great Britain and Northern Ireland. The agreement keeps Northern Ireland in line with the EU's customs code and single market rules. The new bill, reportedly being considered by Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, threatens to tear up key elements of that compromise. The charitable explanation is that he is trying to ratchet up pressure. But Ursula von der Leyen, the European Commission's president, has already said that unless existing agreements are respected in full, there can be no deal. The next I-something, Apple's plans. Only one thing seems certain. Apple will not unveil a new iPhone today, as it usually does at this time of year. Production of its latest smartphone has reportedly been delayed by around a month because of the damaging impact of the pandemic on Apple's supply chains. But otherwise, the Apple rumour mill, an industry unto itself and the subject of dozens of websites and Twitter feeds, is particularly active. If not the iPhone 12, will the firm announce a new watch, a new iPad, or even both? Or will it just publish a press release with the date for the event to flaunt the new iPhone, probably next month? This wild speculation should not be taken too seriously, but it shows that the obsession around Apple's products is just as frenzied as its share price. Despite recent volatility, its market capitalization is still more than $2 trillion, double what it was two years ago. Dueling Duo, Trump Administration Memoirs Among the guilty pleasures of Washington life is the insider book, especially checking the index for your name. Today, the curious are spoilt for choice as books from Michael Cohen and Sarah Huckabee Sanders hit the shelves. Mr. Cohen, President Donald Trump's former personal lawyer, went to prison for campaign finance and other crimes. He has roundly turned on his old boss, calling him a con man given to racist outbursts and obsessed with former President Barack Obama. Meanwhile, Ms. Sanders, Mr. Trump's former press secretary, remains loyal. In Speaking for Myself, she bemoans an angrily divided America. During one crisis, she was turfed out of a Virginia restaurant. Although she concedes her old boss isn't perfect, she says little of his role in that bitter division. Once, new revelations might shift a few votes. 
Not today, when partisans hardly buy, much less read and change their minds based on books from those on the other side. Economy Class, IAG's Struggling Airlines IAG is used to scrounging by now. Once one of the world's most profitable airline groups, this year it has already received aid from the British and Spanish governments to prop up British Airways and Iberia respectively, although none from Ireland for its other airline, Aer Lingus. To make ends meet, British Airways even auctioned off some of the art hanging in its executive lounges. The group will ask investors for another $3.3 billion in capital at today's annual general meeting, much of which will come from its largest shareholder, Qatar Airways. The gathering will also mark the departure of Willie Walsh, IAG's longtime boss, who postponed his retirement by six months to help steer it through the pandemic. Investors have turned his notorious costs slashing back on him. They are reluctant to pay out an £883,000, $1.2 million bonus for his performance in 2019. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Joseph Hall, who died on this day in 1656. Moderation is the silken string running through the pearl chain of all virtues. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.